Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you guys by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at pigskinpodnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN as we go live. Ton of great podcasts on there, basketball, football, baseball, soccer, and even wrestling. Check them out for all of your sporting needs. It is Friday, January 28th. We will be previewing the conference championship games, Chiefs, Bengals, and 49ers, Rams. We'll talk about all of the recent coach, um, new coach hirings, including one that may happen here very soon, it looks like, with the New York Giants. And then hopefully, hopefully, if we move quick enough, we'll get to more of those QB profiles before we close out the show today. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this fantastic Friday? I'm doing fantastic. Looks like I'm already freezing like crazy, too. Am I talking or free- frozen? Okay, good. You're talking. You're good. Yeah. You're good. You're you're not and, frozen and talking. Looked up and saw the open mouth shot of my face, and that was uh, untimely. Yeah, that's the one. That's <laughs> the one. Man, it's just been cold as hell up here. I'm glad to get through the week. I've been battling a head cold, uh, tested negative for COVID. So that means I'm at Pinewood Derby tomorrow. With with the youngin, we had to make the Pinewood Derby car this week. So you know, trying to get get to Sunday to watch some football. May go out to dinner with the wife when we wrap up the show here. I think uh, that's going to be the highlight of my week. No offense to you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little bit of the deep freeze here today. Uh, it was better. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend, and then we're supposed to get like polar vortex air in the middle of next week. Uh, right about the time that most of my coworkers get to go to a conference in Dallas. It's going to be like negative two degrees. I thought, well, not a good week to be left behind. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to be negative two here next week, but it is going to be in like the 30s. So it'll be cold Texas-wise, just just so you uh, know. That's so like, the Texas equivalent yeah, of negative you know, two. Uh, well, I mean, hey, I'm not going to lie. I've been to Colorado in like a blizzard. And I was still able to wear short. I wear shorts here too, but it just feels colder down here, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's such a dry cold. It's really, really frustrating. But regardless, yeah, they won't have I a have, good time because there's a chance has, that like all of Texas will shut down once it grows. Because it's supposed to be like a 14 to 18 on Tuesday or Thursday and Friday next week. I don't know if they'll be here that long. The state could shut down. Just so oh, you know. mean like degrees? Yeah, 14 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it actually yeah. makes me feel better about them going. They'll, they'll yeah, be so there say, all week now. Screw those guys. Bad news. Bad news no. for you. When are they getting here? Because it's going to be like 60 degrees Monday through Wednesday. 
And then it just like plummets after Wednesday. Yeah, they go in Monday. It'll be beautiful Monday and Tuesday. Like a high of 65, low of 50. So beautiful, beautiful. Anyways. Go ahead. Can't catch a break. Meanwhile, here it's so dry. I had to consent to having letting my wife put lotion on my hands twice a day so it doesn't just spontaneously bleed during the day. I literally just did the same thing. I'm an 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 old, old hillbilly from the country. And growing up, we in the winter we always had a pot of water on boiling mm-hmm. to add humidity back into the air because it was you know the fuel oil stove and the wood burning stoves and you know the heat it just dried everything out so we just always had a pot of water on i wasn't sure where this was going to go i yeah, thought maybe you're going to tell us like a remedy is to like pee on your hands outside no, or something no. i'm like i'm not that's doing just, it i'll take the lotion that's, that's for calluses or a stingray. If you get if you get hit by stingray, or I think is it a stingray? Yeah, yeah stingray. It's a jellyfish. 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 I apologize. Yes, jellyfish. Make sure to pee on it. Just so you know, your home remedies today from the fantasy football roundtable crew. All right, let's talk about some of the news and the coach hires. Matt, we'll kick it off with your Denver Broncos and then bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. I will say, I did like his quote today that he's going to try and give Matt Lafleur a run for his money on the sexiest coach in the NFL. It was very funny, well-delivered, so I did love that part. Outside of that, though, what are your thoughts on them bringing in Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach? I mean, it could be fine. I, I had my good uh, Twitter joke that's very on-brand for Denver to hire a new uh, head coach who, with a loaded offense, just managed to score 10 points in his final home game. Um you know, he didn't call the plays there, so you never really know, especially when it's an offensive coordinator paired with an offensive genius head coach, how much, you know, like the Packers obviously won 39 games over the last three years and had a top 10 offense each year. Is that a lot because of Hackett? Is that a lot because of Matt LaFleur? I guess we'll find out next year. You know, we we wondered the same thing when Taylor left uh, Sean McVay and went to Cincinnati, and eventually he got it turned around. Denver has some good pieces. The biggest question is quarterback. And I think the, all the overwhelming excitement is they think that hiring Hackett means automatically that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are coming here. Not convinced that that's entirely true. Um, I thought Dennis, you had an excellent point that if Rodgers comes and they win, that's what was expected. If he comes and doesn't win, then it's all on Hackett. So he may not want that. We also have the number nine pick. I feel like, George Patton has tracked more toward wanting to go get a rookie um, quarterback option and keep one of the veterans they have. They have a lot of pieces. I just hope for a little more excitement in watching Denver. The last five years watching them play offense has uh, taken a piece of my soul. Now, Hackett, he's not going to get a ton of credit for what happened in green Bay. I mean, he had Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams and, and LaFleur, and he was, uh, I, for all intents and purposes, uh, offensive coordinator and name only, but he did have the fifth highest scoring offense in his first year in Jacksonville. I want to say that was 2015, maybe. Uh, his best Jacksonville year was actually 17 when they went to the conference championship. He started as the quarterback's coach uh, for the first couple of years in Jacksonville. Right, right. But w- when I was I was looking up today and, and I wrote it on a post-it uh, that's on my desk at work, uh, and he was uh, where his teams finished points-wise uh, 
over the, since he has been uh, his first offensive coordinator stint in Buffalo uh, and when he was the uh, OC in Jacksonville and QB coach in Jacksonville. So he has, and I feel like the Jacksonville one is probably a better barometer for what his potential is. But honestly, you know, teams with good players score a lot more points. So to put a whole bunch, you know, that's hashtag analysis there. Uh, to put a to put a lot of stock in what happened in Green Bay with the team they had and, and the head coach who was, uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, an offensive wonderkind. Um, he's got his work cut out for him. Now, the running game, he's got some good pieces on defense. He's got good tight ends, good wide receivers. Uh, so they will need to figure out a way to get explosiveness from the quarterback position. It'll be so. What is this? What Patton's second year, third year? How long? Is second, been? second year. So it, it's really, I think, more a testament to what's Patton going to do as the GM. Is he going to get him the tools he needs to put together an offense? Yeah, I'm, I feel like there's got to be some truth to this. I mean, I remember last year before the draft, Matt, we were sitting talking about all of the the rumors about how there was all this talks between Denver, right, that they were trying to go get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they feel like getting Hackett and bringing him there is a better shot. I will say if we're going just like full-on tinfoil hat rumor mill here, supposedly his fiance. I mean, that is live. Aaron Rodgers full-on tinfoil hat. That is true. <laughs> That uh, she lives in the Boulder area like most of the year, and he spends yeah, his summers does. there. So maybe that is a reason why he wants to go there. The big thing is like Green Bay has to trade him, though. He's not a free agent, and I don't know that they let him out of his contract. So also his track record with staying with women, uh, not impeccable. So if that's what well, you're banking on, that that's neither here nor there. I don't I don't really pay that close attention to that stuff outside of I heard that this or it was like the other morning, but I don't know. I think that it would be a good move for them, you know, regardless of his antics off the field, he is one of the best on the field as a quarterback. And and I do think that he would raise that entire level. I just don't know that green Bay would trade both or that Denver would have enough to get both of them. Cause I mean, I guess Adams is a free agent. Adams, so it's the, whether they tag the, him. That's see, that was all the talk though. All, all season was that they were going to tag him. So I just, I, I'm interested to see. I I would like that to Denver because more just as selfishly as a football fan and seeing three of the best quarterbacks in the game being all in one division, you're going to get multiple matchups every year of Rodgers, Herbert, Rodgers, Mahomes. I mean, that's awesome in my opinion. It's what I wanted out of the Super Bowl this year. So I um I would I would be all for it, but I don't know that Hackett coming there seals that in any kind of way because again, the Packers are going to have to make that trade. I don't even know what that trade looks like at this point. Last year made more sense with them having the multiple first round picks. This year, I don't, I, I don't well, know what they have to give up. That's the thing. The reports are that it would be three first, two seconds, and two players. One of our defensive stars yes. and a couple of our offensive stars. Either Judy or Sutton would have to go. I mean, Judy makes sense in the fact they didn't re-sign him. That would be I'm the only reason I'd be excited up. to get That's, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is to get <clears throat> Judy out of town. I, I mean, he's the only one they haven't re-signed. So, but three first two seconds. But to be fair, players, Judy's only going into his third season. They have three more years on the rookie yeah. contract. I mean, there is no rush to re-sign him right. or KJ Hamler. 
All right. Sean Payton out as coach in New Orleans. This one kind of came as a shock, I think, to most everybody. We had heard he was talking about, like, just taking a step back, but I don't think anybody expected him to completely just retire. I don't, shouldn't say retire, but step away from the game. He has been very adamant he is not coming back to coach at least this year. I think this puts Mike McCarthy on the hottest of hot seats uh, because I think if he doesn't win next this coming season, that it's going to be Sean Payton in there the year after. But because uh, he has all those connections to Dallas, but Dennis, what are your thoughts on Sean Payton now leaving New Orleans? What what does this mean for Payton, and what does this mean for New Orleans? New Orleans is in a tough spot. They've got some aging players with big contracts. Uh, they don't have much cap space. Uh, honestly, they're kind of a mess when it comes to. Uh, roster building and roster construction. Uh, in my opinion, that's kind of a, a black mark against Peyton that he, you know, they get to a point where he literally is going to have to rebuild the team. And he's like, you know, peace out. I'm, I'm done. I need a break. I'm, I've been stressed out. I got to take a break. Uh, I know you need to go take care of your mentals and whatnot, but it, it comes off as not doing the team, uh, a, a solid when the team really has been there for him and and brought him in and him and Drew Brees and they they became the face of New Orleans and he kind of just left it in shambles in his wake. Uh, I it makes sense that Dallas will that he'll want to go to Dallas. I mean they've got a because they've got a lot of players and Jerry Jones likes to spend money and. You know, whether or not that that works, it's been a while since Dallas has been in the Super Bowl and maybe Sean Payton is the one. Uh, maybe he's not. I, I almost feel like he's looking at somebody like Mike Shanahan, who does a lot of consulting now, and Bill Parcells, who was his mentor, who's, you know, gets called up, Bill Polian. You know, these guys get called up and they do consulting. They make a handsome salary. And they get to have input and make suggestions on teams' approach to free agency and the draft and coaching changes. And they don't have any of the pressure that goes along with it if it doesn't work out. So, you know, I imagine he's only what? Is, he's, he's like 60, 58, something like that. So I, I feel like he'll be back on the sideline within a couple years. And Dallas seems to make the most sense given the you know him having coached there and he is 58 and and, and I, I don't know if he lives there or lives near there. there there's too many there's too much smoke for there not to be fire you know and, and i don't think any of us hold mccarthy in you know super high regard he including does. jerry jones and stephen yeah. jones he does live here by the way uh sean payton has a house uh I don't remember exactly where it's at. Just up the street from me? No, no. It's in a much, 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 much nicer neighborhood than mine. Not that my neighborhood's yeah. bad. But, it's, but you do go over there for barbecues during the summer? When he asks, yes. But I haven't seen him in quite a bit. COVID's kind of restricted us from being able to hang out. So, smart man. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he does COVID live. rules in Texas. They really don't. It's, it's, nice, being it's nice to see you're making smart decisions. It really doesn't. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you guys ever listen to, to Ray's morning show, he talks about that because he lives here too. I mean, there's really not much of anything you can't do in Texas. They're pretty open to just about anything down here. 
I live there, man. I live there. I, I feel it. Back to football before we we get voted off of uh, Texas entirely. Uh, Matt, if you need a place to stay, I've prepped the guest room. So. I, I feel like Texas is used to me bashing them at this point. I feel like it's pretty. I'm pretty safe in my my love hate relationship with Texas. Um. You know, he gave them a long time. He came into New Orleans in a tough time in the city's history, and I, and I agree they they became the face of it. But at the same time, you know, Breeze is gone. He he did a pretty masterful job, in my opinion, in 2021 of getting them to nine and eight. They probably should have been in the playoffs instead of the Eagles, uh, and did that with Trevor Simeon, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill combining at quarterback. He's not their GM. They actually have a GM who has allowed them to go $70 million over the cap. They probably are at a point in time where realistically the best thing for the franchise is to clear the decks and start over. And I don't, I actually, I, I know what you're saying, you know, it, you could perceive it as leaving them in the lurch, but I actually think it's a perfect time to open the door for somebody else to come in and build their team and put their stamp on the franchise. I mean, these are some of the questions we've had about Belichick in New England. Is it time for him to let somebody else, you know, have a shot? And he's decided he wants to stay and keep building, but I don't begrudge Peyton for saying, I think I'm ready for a break to do something else and to let somebody else create a legacy. What do you think of the talk that Dennis Allen is kind of the favorite to get promoted from within? Do you feel like yeah. that's just a placeholder hire? I don't know. He's done a fantastic job with their defense. He was uh, Denver's defensive coordinator for a time uh, during some of the Manning years. He's been a good coordinator. I don't know if he'd be a great head coach. They're looking supposedly at Brian Flores, too. The They have pieces on defense, it seems to be the place that they're most solid offense. You know, I would suspect, you know, Michael Thomas may not be long for the franchise. They've got to figure out what the hell they're doing at quarterback. I feel bad for Alvin Kamara, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I mean, congrats to his best friend in Taysom Hill because he sure as hell took care of him before he left. I mean, my goodness. None of that's guaranteed, though. They can I know. I, I, drop, I know. Drop I'm, him like a potato. I, I would say I'm Taysom Hill's probably screwed. <clears throat> he probably is, yeah, with Peyton gone. Yeah, I, I, I do. So I, I get what both of you guys are saying. I do kind of agree that him leaving now is probably better for, for New Orleans because they still have time to try and find a new head coach. It'd been a lot worse if he waited like two months. And then it was like, uh, yeah, you know what? I just don't feel it. 16 years with one team is a long time. I mean, he was the longest tenured head coach outside of Bill Belichick. So I, I do like that he's not going straight. And I think it'd be really weird if he's like, oh, I don't know that I could coach. And then in two weeks, we see him with the Dallas Cowboys. That would definitely not be a, a pretty I've lost sight, the joy but, for coaching until yeah. I had lunch with Dak. Yeah. We've we've uh, we've seen that happen a lot, though. You know what they call that in Florida? Doing the Urban Meyer. That's what I was about to say. I mean, we've seen that a lot in college. We've seen these coaches say, hey, I can't really – I don't want to coach anymore. They take a year off and then they're right back in it with, with the team that they really want to be with once well, that right. opening happens. So Arians did the arguably the same yeah. thing when the Cardinals got to a point where it was like, you're going to have to rebuild. I'm like, ah, I think I'm too old to coach. And then all of a sudden he's back in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, so breaking news as we were talking about Sean Payton, Brian Dable is official to the Giants. Uh, is an interesting landing spot. Uh, I, I re- it was down between him and Flores from what everybody was saying. I thought Flores would have been a better hire. I do get the Dayball thing. I think a lot of it is they're hoping. Uh, we, we saw the comments from John Mara earlier this week that he feels like they have failed Daniel Jones. It is not Daniel Jones failing them. I do kind of like them coming out and saying that they're not like throwing him out underneath the bus and then backing up over him. They're taking the blame, which in all honesty, we rarely see owners and GMs do. They do not really take ownership of mistakes. And I think it's fair to say Daniel Jones hasn't had a lot around him. Dayball is credited for turning Josh Allen around. Matt, do we like percentage wise, you think that he might be able to do something like that for Daniel Jones is if we're being honest, he Jones does didn't not have, have a bad year. He didn't, but I also think, is it fair to say that Jones is not as talented as Josh Allen? Uh, You know, probably not. He can't do, you know, he's definitely not the runner. Josh Allen is an incredible dual threat, but he has a much better running back behind him. If they, what I like about the pairing here is you figure he's going to help with an offense that we thought already had nice pieces that should have been better. I mean, Kenny Galladay's there. You still have Slayton. You still have uh, Kadarius Tony. I can't remember if Shepard's contract is up or not. Um, I believe he's but, a free agent, and that's what sucks. But you have at least that injury. So, yeah, you have at least a couple guys. Maybe Shepard comes back cheap. Maybe they draft somebody. You still have Saquon there, um, so they have some good pieces. The GM that the giant that the Giants got was somebody that Dable had in Buffalo, so you know they're going to be a pretty good team. If they can get a couple of good defensive pieces and a couple of offensive linemen, this team was six and ten in 2020 and kind of in the running for a division, despite having not a ton of good coaching execution or talent. I think Daniel Jones played a lot better than he was given credit for last year, hurt his neck, kind of went out. We saw how dreadful that team was when he went out, which is kind of a credit to what he was doing for them despite some obstacles. They didn't have a very good organizational feel um, by the end there. You know, Joe Joe Judge had some, some Adam Gase level press conferences on his way out. So maybe they need to start over. We've liked the offenses that Dable has run. I think a big key there is going to be, hopefully they get a strong defensive coordinator that he can team with. Yeah. I I like the hire. Uh, I think, you know, Dable will lead the structure of the offense. It'll be interesting to see who he brings in as an offensive coordinator, uh, because I know sometimes when these guys get their first uh, bite of the apple, they get saddled with maybe coaches that they're not necessarily 100% sold on. And I know the Maras came out and were saying, oh, you know, we didn't do Daniel Jones any favors. And then somebody asked, so you're going to let Joe Schoen uh, hire the coach? And, and Mara said, well, no, ownership makes the decision on who the coach is. So... You know, granted, you know, Schoen and Dayball kind of have a history together, and so that's going to be definitely good. But if the Maras stick their nose in on who the offensive coordinator is and it's somebody that doesn't mesh well with what Dayball wants to do offensively, uh, you know, I want to see – I think Kadarius Tony 
has the potential to just blow up. If But they really, until they get some offensive linemen, they're going to struggle on offense. It, it's just uh, how it is. I'm a big proponent of you build a team from the inside out. Uh, I haven't looked to see what the Giants draft capital is right now, but they need at least two starting offensive linemen uh, on that team uh, to add to what they got. And that's if they don't lose any of the shitty guys they got. That Andrew Thomas pick, I think still looms large because it didn't turn out the way that they were hoping. But I mean, you know, when you spend a high first round pick on a tackle and it doesn't work out, that almost sets you further back. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that because I remember us. That was the draft of the yeah, three of us. Were live, and I was pissed because I wanted like, Andrew. This Thomas. is the guy I want. Yeah, no. Oh, gotta 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 love Andrew Barry. He's so much smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> so the Giants' uh, first round, at least I, I don't have all their picks in front of me, but I do have their first round because Matt and myself just did a mock draft. I'll be releasing a video about that on Monday, and we will have an article up on the website. Uh, they have the is it the I just had it now I forgot again fifth and seventh pick in the first round so they've got two top ten picks uh, I believe in At the mock draft I'm almost positive we went offensive line on one of them I'll just pull it up and and spoil that for you guys even though that is coming on Monday Giants 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 where are you at Giants Giants we took uh. That is incorrect. I picked for both of the Giants, and I went defense on both picks, so I take that back. Uh, well, Derek Stingley defense Jr. And, too, maybe, maybe. and George Kaloptis is who I took for them uh, because who is it? Uh, Evan Neal went earlier, and then the only other guy is I don't know how to say his name, but the kid out of NC State, and he went in between those picks. So oh, yeah, regardless, I, um, I was like, I knew I, I picked I, a tackle somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, unfortunately the Panthers, those assholes, stole the pick. Uh, I, I do think that, uh, like, I agree with what Matt line. said. Yeah, uh, that they do probably need some defensive players as well. It's going to be interesting. I wonder if Dable just calls the offense himself this year to see how that goes. I wonder if that's why Ma- the Mara Rooney ownership group were so sold on him because of what he's done with Josh Allen. That's why I want to bring him in. Um, you know, he's been very successful as a a offensive coordinator he, many people don't seem to remember he was also the offensive coordinator for Tua as well uh in Alabama so he he's helped develop some quarterbacks maybe you know maybe I was just a year early on Daniel Jones thought it, this was the year maybe it's next year maybe it's next year Kevin Colbert is stepping down after the draft Dennis what does this mean for Pittsburgh's personnel department you know i i think that's it it feels like Tomlin after, gosh, what's he been there now? 10, 11 years. <clears throat> it might be the opportunity for him to. He's been here there 15 years. Yeah, it's been, it seems, I, I didn't want to overshoot too much, but he's been there a long time. And it feels like him sort of stepping into a larger role on the personnel side, uh, which at some point may you know, paved the way for him to actually step up to the general yeah, manager. 15 years. He came in in 2007, one year after Peyton. You know, Rooney kind of made it sound in the press conference today like Matt Canada wasn't going anywhere when asked about some of the deficiencies. He basically said, well, Matt's going to have to fix those. So they're keeping Canada. They they don't have, you know, they again, they're kind of in the 
same boat as New York. They need offensive linemen. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much power the new guy has because Colbert was there for quite a long time. And, and it, what they've always been known for has been a really, really strong personnel department that develops, that gets the right players and develops them. And I, I don't know, this is the first time in recent memory that they're going to be having to make changes on that front. And I don't know if, if Tomlin is going to want to say, hey, let's promote somebody from within into that role and I'm going to just keep doing what I do. Or if Tomlin is going to say, I've been here 15 years and I've got some ideas. Well, the other thing is, is if he's not stepping down until after the draft, free agency primarily takes place before the draft by the time you get there. So it's not really, you know, the impact of this, I'm not saying it's not impactful. You'll really see next off season. Yeah. What I don't like about this is what you just mentioned. He's doing it after the draft. Like unless they've got something in place with uh, like Baltimore did with, I believe it was Ozzie Newsom where like he drafted that final class but they were kind of in lockstep. Like, why wouldn't you just let the new staff come in and make these final picks? Why, why are you having the guy who's going to literally step down the minute the draft is over with make all your picks? I, I really don't like well, I that. I mean, Ozzy was really good at it. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. But they also had a plan in process. Right? I, mean, like, you, yeah. I remember that Ozzy. some pretty incredible drafts, too. They have. I mean, and th- that's what I was about to say. I mean, far be me to criticize one of the better run organizations in the NFL. It just seems a little odd to me. On that point, uh, speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben has officially retired. Matt, any any thoughts? Any? any yeah, so Mason Rudolph. Mason. Well, if you're talking about Hall of Fame, I you know I mentioned this before. I would not say you know he, there was three marquee guys from his draft class, 2004: Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. I could see all three of them or none of them making the Hall of Fame, and neither of those things would surprise me. I listened to uh, PTI yesterday and Mike Wobon talking about Ben Roethlisberger being a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. I guess there are people out there that really loved him. I I don't think he was a bad quarterback, but I, I don't know if I ever thought he was one of the greats uh, of all time. Um, he definitely was very successful. You know, he never had a losing season as a starter, probably because he played almost his entire career with with Tomlin, uh, who has never had a losing season as a coach. He put up some good numbers. I, it was time for him to go, though. Um, no offense to him, but he did not look like the same quarterback at the tail end of last year and then all through 2021. And I think it's better for him to go out with. It was great that they were able to rally at the end of the season, get him into the playoffs one last time. Uh, you know, I think that's that's a win. Um, and he can he can go out. Now there's a lot of questions, you know, for Pittsburgh. They're not typically a team that goes and gets a big free agent. Dwayne Haskins is a restricted free agent. You figure they'll probably retain him for cheap. They still have one more year of Mason Rudolph. Uh, I think you and I both felt uh, when we were doing the mock that at the number 20 spot, we could see them taking a quarterback. That feels more likely to me than them trying to trade for a high-dollar veteran or signing somebody in free agency. Yeah, I don't think they're probably going to sign a starter-caliber veteran. But I could see him bringing in a, a Colt McCoy or a Case Keenum or a Taylor Heineke type quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. 
somebody that is just that bridge that is literally, look, we're just going to get through this year. We need a veteran presence. Uh, but I don't know. When I think of Ben in the Hall of Fame, I always ask, at any point in his career, did I say this is the best quarterback in the game? And the answer is no. It didn't. He was a very good quarterback. Put him in the hall of very good. You know, I'd personally keep him out. Uh, I think, you know, back to back to Colbert though, uh, potentially Omar Khan, who I think is the his right hand man, the VP of football and business admin, they might kind of that might be their plan for Colbert is for Khan to take over after the draft. Yeah, I I'm really not sure what Pittsburgh does because I've I've been very on the on board the strategy of if you don't have your franchise quarterback, you should continue drafting one every year until you get one. I feel like they're gonna go the route of rolling with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, try and improve the team around them, and then maybe get a quarterback next year. If you win enough game, I mean, they won enough games that there there may not be a quarterback to drop to them this year too. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the draft. Is there a team that I think could very easily take a quarterback where they're at at twenty? Maybe they try and trade up. They don't trade up that often. I believe the last time they did it was to get Devin White, the linebacker. So if they trade up, do they trade up to try and get one of those quarterbacks, or do they just kind of let it ride, take someone in the second round? I'll be very curious to see what they do because. They are a team that I believe with as well as they're run by Mike Tomlin that they can win with subpar quarterback play and really good defensive play. I mean, we, we saw it. Was that last year, right, that Ben missed a bunch of – was that last year? No, two years ago that he he was out all season, right? Was it two years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I two mean, years ago. They, they made the playoffs, didn't they? Or almost made the playoffs? They came just short again. Like- yeah, so I mean – and that was with Mason Rudolph playing the entire year, pretty much. So I, I mean, if he could do it, then they can do it now. I, I don't think I don't see why they couldn't. So my question is this: Who has to be there at twenty for them to justify taking a quarterback? Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett won't fall to twenty, though. The only one that Howell Corral How would be the one because there's a lot of talk that he's not going to be drafted till the second round. If he, I don't see any way Pickett and Corral make it out of the top ten. I just don't. I could be wrong on that, but I don't. I don't think either one of them falls that far. So if if Hal falls, like a lot of the draft people are saying, I would, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, take him there because I do think that he's a good quarterback. I don't know that they take a Malik Willis. I mean, the only other one I, I think would actually be a really good fit there for their offense is Carson Strong. The problem is Carson Strong needs to be behind a good offensive line. They don't have that, and they're not going to be able to improve that, in my opinion, with like second and third round picks. So, and he's not a guy like say what we want about Mason Rudolph. At least Mason Rudolph has like a little bit mobility. Carson Strong is not outrunning anyone. So, uh, that that's why I'm very curious to see what they do because I don't know that there's a lot they can do if they don't trade up. Uh, last little news note here. Ryan Poles is the GM in Chicago. Matt Eberflus is the head coach. Uh, whoever, I don't know who is his first name. Getsy was offered the offensive coordinator position per Albert Breer. Matt, your thoughts on what this means for Chicago and the prodigal son, Justin Fields? Well, you know, they... Nothing helps you develop a quarterback quite like going and getting a middle-of-the-road uh, defensive coordinator to be the head coach. Um, take that from somebody who, who knows. I mean, that did wonders 
uh, for Drew Locke uh, in his development uh, over the years. So probably not the greatest. Uh, if they get Getsy, he was he's the quarterbacks coach, I believe, right now in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how hard it is to be the quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers, or if you actually do any coaching, um, you might just stand there and hold this water bottle. Just so roll the joint. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know uh, what that'll do. Um, it's hard to imagine things could be worse than they were uh, last year for Justin Fields, but there are a lot of questions in Chicago. That's a team that has questions all over the field. Um, I think the best comment I saw made about Ryan Poles was – that they did the um, the least amount possible so that when they were fixing the sign where Ryan Pace was, they only had to change out two letters. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I think, you know, Paul comes out of the Kansas City organization, and if, if nothing else, well, you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes that's kind of in Tyreek Hill who are wild and crazy. The coaching staff is generally kind of very vanilla personality, I think. You know, it, it, they've got one face. And I feel like Eberflus is coming in there and his job is to keep his head down and do the work. So whoever they bring in on offense, do I think Eberflus is going to try to over – Take that person. I think they're, he's going to let them go and, and try to play the the you know CEO type of role right now because he is a new coach. That's why when you mentioned Dayball um, calling the plays in New York, I'm like, if I'm a first time head coach that's young, I think I, I got to give it up. Let let somebody take on that responsibility at least until I get settled in. Give me a season to get my feet under me. And, and I feel like Everflus will do that and let the offensive guy run the offense pretty well. You know, I don't know much about Getze. It, I agree. There's not a whole lot of uh, – you, you're not going to tell the Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Mannings, and Tom Brady's sort of how to be a quarterback, which uh, I, I feel like that may be the, one of the issues with Byron Leftwich too is that he hasn't really had to coach a lot of uh, – he had to coach up a lot of people. He's kind of just taken good guys and kept going. Yeah, I obviously I really hope that it works out for them. This is a major hire, not just for them, but for Justin Fields because if this doesn't work out, you don't want to get back into the QB watch. My goodness, we are just getting – Breaking news out of breaking news. You guys want to talk about it? I mean, it's not officially oh, yeah. not? officially reported. According to CBS, Tom Brady is going to announce he is retiring. Wow. So, honestly, was not expecting that. I really thought he was going to play for at least one more year. If he is gone, I mean, holy, holy crap for the NFC South. Things just opened up in a major way with Sean Payton and Tom Brady leaving. Um, you know, Greatest quarterback is, of all time. Is, uh, is uh, Arian going to be far far behind him? Probably not. I would think Gronk's probably done too. He didn't give an inspiring quote a couple days ago about wanting to come back. I mean, you know, good for him. I, I, I you know, I think all of us who who have families and kids understood the the quote that he he sent out the other day, especially 
the amount of time he clearly puts into to the game of football. So uh, he he really can't. I don't think he would have changed his legacy at all had he gone out there and won another Super Bowl. He's cemented as the greatest of all time. I doubt in our lifetimes we see a quarterback do what he did. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on him before we uh, preview the conference championship games? No, I think that if he retires, I it's wait and see if it actually happens. Yeah, it's surprising in that it's happening, but it's not surprising in that he's 44 years old. He's got younger kids. His kids are like what somewhere between like six and 15 or something like that. And clearly he doesn't need the money. He's got his own business outside of football. Um, I mean, he doesn't have anything to prove. And at some point that competitive fire turns to business because your body just can't do it. And I think going out while he's relatively healthy is going out on his terms. All right. Well, we have two games this weekend. Dennis, what is one way you can participate in possibly winning some money this week? Well, your draft season or your draft, your fantasy season is over for your season long leagues, but we still have lots of opportunities with DraftKings. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. I We're going to tell you who our two teams are here shortly. Uh, not a new customer, you can experience the conference championship uh, with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Well, on one of the final four NFL teams. Uh, bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals heading to Kansas City to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase do it again, Matt? I mean, Jamar Chase, over 200 yards, multiple touchdowns in that first game. We we saw what Gabriel Davis and Josh Allen were able to do to this defense just a week ago. Can Joe Burrow and Chase do it again? So it's not really so much to me about Joe Burrow and Chase. You know, Kansas City doesn't have that elite secondary where they have some elite shutdown corners. We've seen that they can't really cover Chase. Now, maybe Steve Spagnuolo learned a little from the first game and will not try to just single cover him all the time with Charvarius Ward. 
The biggest question for me, especially after seeing last week, is can Cincinnati's line hold up? Because Tennessee caved them in and beat the shit out of Joe Burrow. And Kansas City has Chris Jones. They have Melvin Ingram. They got four sacks in that first meeting. If they turn it on and cave that line in, that's going to be the real thing that holds them back. And on the flip side, I think that means Cincinnati has got to establish enough of a running game that they can keep those pass rushers from just pinning their ears back. Now, the, uh, Joe Mixon averaged almost four yards per carry, but he only had 12 carries in that, that game they played in week 17. Mixon did have seven catches for 40 yards, though, uh, and Uzoma had four for 32. The question for me is, will Cincinnati adjust how they approach Kansas City's defense knowing that they give up that many sacks against Tennessee and that Kansas City has, you know, they've got Bolton, Gay, uh, Frank Clark, Chris Jones. They've got guys chasing the quarterback down. So they're going to have to they're going to have to do quick passing plays and kind of do that. Be happy with five or six yards a lot of the times until something presents itself and you get them to pull back. Uh, I know in the first game, Chase was super efficient and Burrow was super efficient. Chase caught 11 of 12 targets and Burrow completed 77 percent of his passes. Uh, He's going to need to probably do that again. The Bengals are the underdog, but they have they do have more than a puncher's chance to win this thing. T. Higgins. I think this is the game T. Higgins goes off because I do agree with Matt. I think they will try and double cover Jamar Chase this time. And we saw what the number two was able to do for Buffalo and Gabriel Davis. I mean, he absolutely lit them up. And at no offense to Gabriel Davis, I think T. Higgins is better. I honestly think Tyler Boyd is better. So if either one of them can go out there and find ways to get open the way Gabriel Davis did, I think they're going to be in for a big game because regardless of how quick that defensive um, you know, front line can get through that offensive line, Joe Burrow is very smart, and he diagnoses defenses very well. I think he'll be able to get the ball out quickly. And that secondary really struggled last week, even when Josh Allen did have time. Uh, and when he didn't, he, but he was still still able to kind of just – rip that defense to shreds. I, I really am excited for this game. I think it's going to be a good one. Dennis, what does the Chiefs defense need to do to get in to get a different outcome this time? You know, they need to get pressure on the quarterback, and I guess they need to, to sack him. Uh, they have the fourth fewest sacks, but they have the seventh most knockdowns. So they they get to the quarterback. They just get there a little bit late, and he's getting the ball off. So they have a high pressure rate. They need to convert that into sacks. Uh, they have won, let's see, what's my note here say? They've won just one game with him under 200 yards passing. Oh, that's, sorry, that's a Jimmy G note. I wonder what's doing it. Oh, yeah, Burroughs, I was going to say, is 4-0 when he throws for less than 200 yards. But Cincinnati has allowed 55 sacks versus Kansas City's 28. Kansas City is better in virtually every meaningful category than Cincinnati when it comes to offense. So Burrow is going to have to to play another efficient game uh, and and stay upright. The offensive line is getting better. They've gelled. They've surprisingly, despite giving up uh, uh, 55 sacks, they have been... um, 
they've made plays when they need to, and they, they're going to have to continue that. If they can make plays and then the Cincinnati defense, if DJ Reader plays out of his mind again, I think that's going to put that Chiefs defense uh, in a, a, a mode where they, they're really trying to pressure the quarterback. Pressure is what Kansas City's defense needs to be able to flip the outcome of this game. Yeah, you know, I go back. I think the where this game is actually going to be won is in that matchup between Cincinnati's offense and Kansas City's defense. Kansas City needs to be able to get pressure with the front four uh, so that they can play a little bit better pass defense, as I noted when I was talking about Chase. They consistently tried to single cover him, and it didn't work. They're going to have to do something different. Yeah, I mean, you guys both kind of mentioned it. That secondary is going to have to double cover Chase, and obviously they're going to have to get pressure on Burrow. And I wonder if maybe they negate some of that with some quick screen passes to Joe Mixon. Dennis mentioned earlier, like he he was involved and was producing, but he really wasn't that involved in the game earlier with just the 12 carries. I wonder if they try and get him going a little bit more against this Kansas City defense to slow down that rush. I'm... I'm taking the Bengals. I don't, I don't even care. The Bills got knocked out. I hate life. Like, give me the Bengals. I think they pull off the win. I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. I'm pulling for the Bengals. I just think the Chiefs are going to win it. Yeah, that's the same for me. I would be happy if the Bengals won. That would be kind of a fascinating story, but I just feel like it's tracking for the Chiefs. I thought whoever won last week between Kansas City and Buffalo was going. So did I until Kansas City won, and now I'm all in on the Chiefs. For the next game, the Sunday night game, right? They're the second game. Uh, I don't know why I asked that. There's only two games this weekend. The San Francisco 49ers are at the Los Angeles Rams, home of the Super Bowl as well. So the Rams have a chance to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl if they can somehow find a way to beat the 49ers. They have lost six straight to the 49ers, Matt. How do they reverse that trend? Yeah, and that's the big question. You know, the last time that the Rams beat the 49ers was uh, the regular season when they were on the way to go into the Super Bowl. Um, since then, the 49ers have had their number. The 49ers knocked them out of the playoffs in 2019, cost them the number two seed uh, in week 18 this season. I think the big issue kind of for the Rams has been that they only play one – They've seemingly only played one good half the last half of the season, you know, against Baltimore, they really struggled, had to come back to win against the 49ers. They took a huge lead and then kind of blew it away. The car, they played one really great half against the Cardinals. The Cardinals weren't good enough to do anything about it. They played one really good half against Tampa Bay and nearly lost that game. If they do that again, you know, there's only so many times you can get away with that. They need to play four consistent quarters and hopefully being at home with the shot at being the second consecutive team to host the Super Bowl in their home stadium will be enough to get them hyped. Yeah, it it was interesting to watch in week 18 when McVay and the Rams got up 17 points on the, the 49ers. McVay seemed to get his butt cheeks all clenched up and kind of pulled back. He just was he he honestly he it seemed like he played scared and he's gotta he's gotta get out there and and if he gets that lead he's got to keep pounding they've got to step on their throats uh 
if they let San Francisco turn the momentum in the game, in that game in week 18, San Francisco was down 17 to nothing and got the ball back with just a couple minutes left, went down, scored the field goal, came out in the second half with the ball and scored a touchdown. All of a sudden it was a one-score game. I don't know. You know, the Rams' defense gives up about 40 more yards per game than San Francisco. So despite having Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, hopefully Von Miller, hopefully that's that's like come down substantially since Von Miller got there. I guess I should have looked at it from that perspective before I started talking about it. Uh, but I, I don't know. You know, the Rams uh, this past season, San Francisco beat the Rams uh, with one game from Jimmy under 200 yards and another one with him over 300 yards. I, I don't, I, to me, I feel like McVay has to coach loose and let him play. He has to be smart enough to know, too, that I love the Cam Akers story, but if Akers is getting you two yards a pop, you need to set him down. More importantly, if he's putting the well, ball on the carpet, you got to, yeah. yeah. my God. Well, Word is Darrell Henderson's going to be back and likely playing. So I don't know that we see a ton of Cam Akers or Sony Michelle. Uh, I, I'm with you. Lou, you've, they've lost six straight times. I think you just got to come out there and open it all up, play loose, go for the gusto. Do not hold back when you get the lead, step on their throat because we do know the 49ers. I think the 49ers are clearly going to keep it close. And all it takes, as we saw last week, was one play, and it was that blocked punt for a touchdown that can completely flip this game on its head. It's going to be a very good game, but this offense has got to come out. They've got to rely on Stafford. This is why they went out and got him. Let him have his moment. He got that monkey off his back a couple weeks ago, getting the big uh, the big playoff win. He's won another game. Like th- This is your chance to show everybody why you went out and got him. Dennis, what do the 49ers need from Jimmy G to get another win in this one? I, I think he has to not turn the ball over. Um I know Shanahan's going to come out and he's going to run the ball. He wants to re- establish the run. Uh, I know those are, you know, that's a no-no phrase uh, in, in football nowadays, but that's what he's going to want to run the ball with Mitchell and with, with Debo Samuel and then take shots with Ayuk, Samuel, and Kittle. Um, and if he doesn't make, if he doesn't hit those shots, then I think Jimmy starts to feel the pressure. Um, you know, we're not going to see anything from uh, Trey Lance. Uh, I'd be highly surprised if we haven't seen him late in the season. I'm not expecting him to come in and all of a sudden run a goal line package or something. But Debo Samuel has been balling out. Kittle has been inconsistent in the receiving game, but he's a monster in the blocking game, whether he's catching the ball or not. He does not. Uh, he he doesn't get frustrated when he isn't getting the ball. He just it, honestly, he kind of takes it out on the running backs uh, or on the 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 linebackers. So if Jimmy can convert when he gets an opportunity and, and not turn the ball over, I, I feel like it's a, a two hundred and twenty yard pass game for Jimmy is plenty enough to win it. Sorry, most inopportune chats. Uh, yeah, you know, one thing that was striking to me um, last week is they kept talking about how Jimmy G seemed like a, a cat with nine lives, that he just, he was continuously getting away with throws that should have been picked off. 
and maybe that speaks to you know Green Bay not not having it together. Maybe it was the injuries are piling up. You know, he dinged up his shoulder in the first playoff game. He still got a thumb issue. There's only you know, much like the Rams, there's only so many times you can get away with only playing one half and winning games. There's only so many times that the 49ers are going to be able to overcome some horrendous play from Jimmy G. That first half against the Rams in the regular season, I was legitimately wondering if they were going to bring Trey Lance in. I also have legitimately wondered why San Francisco hasn't run any specialty packages with Lance in the playoffs as they were in the regular season to at least shake things up, to get some of the pressure off of Jimmy. They have enough weapons on both sides of the ball to be able to compete in this game. He cannot make mistakes like that. Yeah, I mean, the mistakes part is, is clearly the, the biggest thing, because I'm with you. Like, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, but when does that luck eventually run out? And I think this could be that week. You know, the Packers just – I mean, they got some of their star players back, but they had been injured all season. They were coming back for that first week. Like, how much – how ready were they for those games? I don't think Jalen Ramsey's going to make that mistake. Aaron Donald coming after him. Like, I do think this is going to be a very close game. Um I actually think both these games are going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm going to take the Rams to squeak out a like one point victory here. I've got the Rams too. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I got to stick with them now. I have the Rams too because I think we've seen Chiefs 49ers and it was not a Super Bowl to remember. Yeah. Uh, so really quick before we get out of here, is we, we will save our QB stuff for Monday since uh, we we went long. You know, to pull to pull a Felix, we you know, we we ran long. We're we're, we're we apologize. We need to stop that. hiring all these coaches. Uh, I agree with you on that. And then the breaking news, like during the show, we were ready to move on to the next subject like twenty minutes ago, and we couldn't. Uh, Want to ask you guys some quick questions, and then Dennis is going to tell us how to help improve your dynasty teams this off season. Jamar Chase or Tyree Kill? Who has a better game this week? You know, man, that's boy, that's a tough one. I'll let Matt go first. I'm gonna take Chase. I mean, I'm gonna take Hill. I I just feel like Chase had Chase is the number one weapon in Cincinnati, as is Tyreek Hill. But we've also seen games where Chase only gets four or five targets, and, and Higgins will get eight or nine. We we don't see a lot of eight or nine target games from Nicole Hardman or Byron Pringle. I I'm going to take chase as well, but just barely just to point out for anybody who does not remember the last time that these two played, this was the game time until came back from COVID. So he was not fully healthy in that game. Uh, so just so that's why mm-hmm. he did not, I think he went out like in the first quarter, if I'm remembering correctly, like he, yeah, it was he a big feeling, Byron yeah. Pringle game. Yeah. It was, uh, was, they were making all the Christmas jokes. He was still feeling the effects of that. Uh, Burrow or Mahomes? I'm taking Burrow. I picked the, the Bengals to win. Doesn't mean he can't have a better game, even if the Chiefs win. But who has a better game for you, Dennis? Uh, I'm going to go with Mahomes. I mean, I'm picking them to win. I, you know, it's the Chiefs are a throw first team. They throw to set up the run, and then they don't run very much. Uh, Cincinnati will run the ball with Joe Mixon. I'm going to go with Mahomes, but I'm also afraid that this means three more weeks of Brittany Matthews. Let's not go there. Let Last one. 
Debo, Samuel, or Cooper Cup? Matt, who has the better day Sunday night? Little Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup, too. I just feel, uh, you know, Cup is a 10, 12, 14 target guy. Debo has to make up for some of his targets in the running game. And while he's been successful, uh, you know, he could also have an eight, eight rushes for 30 and, you know, three catches for 30 kind of game. I am taking uh, Cooper Cup as well with the Rams winning. Dennis, before we get out of here, let everybody know how they can help improve their dynasty teams this offseason. Do you want to dominate your dynasty league? The Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals and the player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship. You get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd, where we just drop a whole bunch of new All-22 film in the film room for your rookie class prep. Uh, But bundle them together to save even more. All right, so everybody enjoy the games this weekend. I mean, if if you uh, really can't wait till Sunday, I believe the Shrine Bowl is on tomorrow, so you can watch that. Have some of the the rookies in the upcoming class will play in that game, and then obviously we've got two great games Sunday. Dennis, Matt, myself will be back again on Monday to recap these games and quite possibly finally get to these QB profiles. Everybody enjoy the weekend. We will talk to you guys again soon. Make a play.